Welcome to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast, the show where brilliant professionals share how to sharpen the universal skills required to flourish at work. Enjoy more career fun, wins, meaning, and money with your host, Pete Mikaitis. Hello, and thanks for joining us for episode 804 with Zainab Kahara. Zainab is sharing pro tips for acing your job search from the perspective of the recruiter. We got the inside scoop behind the scenes, inside their brains. You'll learn one, a behind the scenes look into what recruiters want to see. Two, powerful questions to identify your unique expertise. And three, the most important thing to communicate in your resume. So if you want to check out the show notes or the transcript or the links to items that we mentioned, please visit us at awesomeatyourjob.com slash EP804 and check out some of our other goodies at awesomeatyourjob.com, like the full text searchable transcripts and so much more good stuff there. And here's some good stuff about Zainab. Zainab Kahara is a career specialist who specializes in working with people to amplify their voice while utilizing expert techniques to build a cover letter resume that is professional, strong, and best represents them. Her professional expertise comes from a decade of experience in recruitment, interviewing, and hiring in multiple industries. She's also served in human resources and various management roles, including for a Fortune 500 company. Zainab earned her Bachelor in Business Management from Georgia State University and a Master of Education in Counseling with a concentration in Student Affairs from the University of West Georgia. Big thanks to Zainab for sharing her wisdom with us. A big thanks to our sponsors. Check them out. One sponsor to check out is LinkedIn Jobs. Did you know that you can post a job for free at linkedin.com slash be awesome? And with a fresh year, perhaps you're like many small business owners looking for some fresh insight and talent to make 2024 extra amazing. Well, LinkedIn Jobs has created tremendous tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and free. I love how they make it so easy with their promotion and selection tools. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. No, no. No, LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Here's some fun facts. 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash be awesome. That's linkedin.com slash B-E-A-W-E-S-O-M-E, as in you are being awesome, be awesome, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Now, here's Zainab. Zainab, welcome to How to Be Awesome at Your Job. Hello, Pete. How are you? I'm doing well. Doing well. Very good. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to to speak to your audience and to speak to you and hopefully drop some gems this afternoon. Oh, we love gems. Or this morning or whenever they're listening (laughs) in the evening. (laughs) We love gems. Well, first, I was curious to hear about you've lived in four different countries. Whoa. What are they and what have you learned from that? Yes, I have. So I started off in Saudi Arabia. My parents actually started off in Sudan. That was their first country. But I was born, I I moved to Saudi Arabia as an infant. And then after that, came back to the States, did Egypt, lived in Egypt for a couple of years. I was older then, so I remember that. I don't remember Saudi too much. And then obviously the U.S. is one of the countries because I'm from the States. And now I, now I live in Canada. So what I will say in terms of what it taught me was I have such an appreciation for just the human experience and that I've seen so many levels. I've seen an excess of wealth. I've seen an excess of poverty. And, but the thing that kind of stayed the same was that people just really wanted to have a good life and do, do right things, you know? So I, I appreciate that perspective from living in those, in those different countries. 
Oh, very cool. Yes. Well, and I also want to get your perspective on, so you've been on both sides of the, the hiring table, hiring, being hired, yes. negotiating, and in so doing, I want to hear any interesting or surprising things that you've picked up along the way that mm-hmm. you just found really striking. Like, huh, never would have guessed, but now that I know, that's super powerful. Yeah. So what's interesting is that I recently went through an interview process again, and this time was so different for me because I, in the past, when I had been looking for jobs, I was unemployed either through layoffs. The last time was COVID. This time I was working now. I think if I could pinpoint mm, the biggest lesson that I share with people a lot is there is a space for you to feel empowered in your job search. I think a lot of times people feel like we have to cater to or we're at the beckoning call of the hiring manager. And at the end of the day, a colleague said to me that managers really want to just hire nice people who are knowledgeable and skilled, right? But that nice people part is really important. And so leaning into for myself and embracing, hey, I am a nice person. Let me show it more. And that not be caught up in my fear and my anxiety of the of the interview process really helped me to feel uh, empowered in my job search. So yeah, that's I think a, a perspective that I, I recently garnered. Yeah, I do. I do buy that in terms of just like show me, you know, you're a normal, real human being as mm-hmm. opposed to sometimes it feels like we we enter into this like professional mode. Yeah, and like I remember being at career fairs when I was recruiting, and folks say folks would say things like. Hello, I'm looking to combine my interests in finance and accounting <laughs> to find a rewarding career in which I can synergy. I don't know. And it's like, yeah, really? Is that what you're looking for? I mean, I mean, that feels a little too, I don't know, PR'd. It's like, it just didn't feel as, as real and authentic. And that might be true. Like, yeah, I like accounting, I like finance, and I want to put them together and do some things. And, and, and yet the presentation just felt a little bit like, oh, I'm not, I'm not quite talking to a person so much as I am talking to talking points. Yeah. What came up when you were sharing was it lacks authenticity. And I think that's the thing that's sacrificed a lot in people's job searches is they don't feel like they can be their genuine selves. They have to be an image of what they feel this professional should look like. I mean, I've hired in various roles and the most recent one was for a um, web developer boot camp. I was part of the hiring process for our career coaches. And um, I just remember the biggest thing for me was one, obviously how they articulated their skills, that they have good examples of work split, workplace experiences, you know, where they're reflective in their uh, experiences, but also like, were they allowing themselves to just be themselves and, you know, maybe make a quirky joke. I had a, um, a colleague who I who we interviewed and he had technical issues and uh, with Zoom and he you know most people would just kind of like mm-hmm. freak out and he just laughed and he's like did you all do this to me on purpose and that was like such a seller for us because he allowed himself to just be in the moment but then what sealed the deal was that he knew his stuff he had the experience he showed great examples that reminds me of that that viral video of the the judge and the lawyer and the filter. It's like, I'm right here, judge. I'm not a cat. (laughs) (laughs) I am not a cat. Yes, exactly. (laughs) All right. Well, I also want to get a take on, okay, here we are, summer 2022. 
Yes. There are murmurs of recession yeah. upon us. How quickly the, the times change. Yeah. Can, yeah. can you tell us, okay, given that, anything we should be doing differently, thinking about differently, staying, looking around, negotiating? Yeah. So when I hear people say the word recession, obviously there is a like an anxiety or like a discomfort that comes from that word. But I remember the recession of 2008. And I just remember... I actually got a job during that time. And so and so there are people who are still getting jobs. I think that we don't s- stop believing that we can get jobs. We just make adjustments to our strategy, right? So regardless of the times that we're in, in terms of recession, you should always be having a job search that allows you to have human contact first, right? So everything's online now. We're all applying online. So there's an influx of applications that are coming in and companies are like, well, we don't have, we don't want to pay somebody to look at 350 applications. So they're using these softwares, these applicant tracking systems. And so people are getting filtered out. And so your goal is how do I bypass that wall, that technical wall, and I get an opportunity to talk to people. And in the time of a recession, that's even more important because because of the fact that you are going to have more people who potentially will be laid off. So how do you differentiate yourself from those other 200, 300 people who are applying for the same job? You know, so are you sending a cold email? We also call them intro emails. Are you utilizing your personal network, not being afraid to ask for help? Those are the things that help, especially in rough times in the market. And yes, it's okay to look for another job if you have a job. There are jobs posted in your industry that could be potential growth opportunities for you. Go for it. Obviously, we've seen some companies that have decided to freeze their hiring. But I do think that there are still jobs being created every day that are not going to be eliminated. So, But I think on a personal note, just to end on this, you have to assess where you are in your personal life. If you feel like, you know what, I just want to just kind of ride this wave, not make any moves until things kind of quiet down, that's perfectly okay as well. It's not a very black and white decision-making process. There's a lot of gray, gray with it. So some people are like, you know what, not in love with my job, but things seem to be okay with my company. I'm not hearing any hints of layoffs. Let me just stick this out for a little bit and see what opportunities are created in the future. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about assessing kind of your personal situation, mm-hmm. and how do you think broadly about assessing what is your next best career move? So as a career coach, I'm really big on this self-awareness piece. And I'm really big on assessing what your needs and your values are with my clients. uh, That's one of the first things that I challenge them to do is to look at what is it that you currently need and you value. And so I think that when it comes to assessing your situation, you have to have that reflection piece. You can't be making decisions based on external factors, what everybody else is doing, because now you're allowing other people to dictate your life journey in a nutshell. So to give an example, I had a client who was doing pretty well in their job, uh, didn't really need to go anywhere else. They were in, worked in nonprofit, so they were in an ED role, right? But they kept seeing these opportunities come up. And so for them, I asked them, okay, so 
where's the challenge for you? And they're like, well, you know, I like what I do and nothing's broken. You know, why fix it? And I said, okay, so then why are you contemplating leaving? And they said, I believe in the potential of the future. And if other people want to work with me, I feel like, why don't I put a see what's what's possible? And I said, well, what's most important to you? And they said, I really like growth. I like having learning more. I like feeling not feeling stagnant. I like the risk of uh, trying something. And I said, well, that sounds like something that you value enough that it's worth it to you. And so that's kind of the conversations that we have in terms of internally assessing where your situation is right now. The other external factors are your financial situation, your security. What potential debt do you have or currently have? Are you trying to position yourself with a house or family or all of those factors involved? But it always starts with self. It always starts with fulfilling what your needs and your values are. Mm -hmm. So in needs and values, we talked about learning growth. We've talked about financial. What are some of the other big items that pop up frequently that we'd want to assess? Yeah. So the idea of needs and values came up because I I, I actually did an assessment by, um, I think her name is Carolyn Weir. W-E-I-R is definitely her last name. And she created the needs and values assessment. And so some of the things that are evaluated are, do you have a need for having a sense for accomplishment, certainty? I'm looking at my list that I have for myself. <laughs> How much do you value safety, order, then also, are you someone that in, likes to teach? Are you someone who likes to be supportive and educator, spirituality? So you see how it's very like specific interpersonal elements that are defining the needs and values. Those are the things that I, that I would have my clients assess in terms of assessing where you are in your life and your decision-making process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then let's say we, we got some clarity on that and, mm-hmm. and there is an, an opportunity that piques our interest. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, what are the things that make you interested in a candidate versus you just pass right on and buy them? I personally value someone who has a good career story. I think that A good career story shows growth, it shows adversity, it shows resilience, it shows courage, right? And those are, those can define a holistic experience for someone, right? And so when I'm interviewing candidates, I'm not just looking for check off the box, can you do skill one, two, and three? It's like, okay, in your journey to get to where you are right now, What were some things that you had to overcome to get here? Or in your last role, like where were you challenged and what were the tools, the resources, the people that helped you, supported you to overcome those challenges, right? Another thing that I think is valuable, not to sound like a broken record, but it's really important is just someone who allows themselves to be themselves and show their genuine side and laugh and show the kindness of their character, right? Maybe even show a little bit of vulnerability. Why are those important? Because that's who you're going to be working with every day. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be working with the just the resume paper, words on the resume. Like there's a human being behind that. And that's who you're going to have to problem solve with. You maybe even manage crisis, come up with creative, innovative ideas with, right? And so and it, specifically in the interview process, 
I'm looking for the best expression of your personality. And one thing I want to mention this because it's really important to me. Working in tech, I've had the opportunity to really have good conversations about neurodiversity, especially individuals specifically who are on the spectrum. And so the communication of personality may present a different way as someone who is not on the spectrum, right? Mm -hmm. But I've, I've found even with the clients that I've worked with who were who self-disclosed that they were on the spectrum, we were able, it was almost like a puzzle and we just had to move some pieces around and boom, they were able to find themselves in their voice, right? And be who they are and feel comfortable who they are. So I'm saying that to say that the advice that I'm giving, it does exist for everyone. It's not going to necessarily look as cookie cutter as we, as we want, but it does exist. Mm-hmm. And then one more thing, because I talked a bit about the interviews, but specifically on paper with the resumes, I'm really someone, and even LinkedIn, I'm really someone who values individuals who you can tell that they put the work in and not the work necessarily just in their career, but just how they present themselves. I tell the clients I work with all the time, if your resume is mediocre, like it doesn't use, it doesn't show accomplishment focused language, it's not using strong keywords, right? It's not uh, celebrating your achievements. That to me is an articulation of how you feel about yourself. Right. Mm. So why would I want to hire someone who's presenting that they don't really feel that confident in themselves? Right. So it's not faking it till you make it because you have to actually believe what you're <laughs> what you're saying. But it is like challenging how your truth about yourself and your perspective of yourself and allowing yourself to celebrate the accomplishments, how far you've come, the skills and the knowledge that you've gained. And then taking that, putting that on paper, putting that on your LinkedIn profile. All right. Thank you. Well, Mm -hmm. that's what I was going to go next is (laughs) you talk a bit about one's unique expertise. Mm -hmm. How do you recommend we figure that out for ourselves and showcase it well? Yeah, my my litmus test for that is what can you teach other people to do really well? And the word expertise makes people feel very uncomfortable because they feel like it has to be somebody in a, a suit and they look very prim and proper. This like sensationalized image of an expert, but it's like, what is the thing that people depend on you to get done? Mm-hmm. What is the thing that if you had someone had to be trained on it, they would go to you. You're this. You are the 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 point of contact, the subject matter expert. So if you're trying to evaluate that, I would sit down and look at the work that you do. What is the thing that just clicks for you? It comes very naturally. You could do it with your eyes closed. And here's an extra thing that there is a space for it. What do you enjoy doing too? Mm -hmm. Because most likely the thing that you are really good at is the thing that you enjoy doing so much that you're willing to invest the time and the energy to get better at it. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's a way of evaluating what your expertise is. Yeah. There's a beautiful feedback loop cycle going on there. Mm-hmm. Like work fun. Good. It's like, yeah, I'm working on this thing and it's fun. So I'm going to keep doing it. And then, hey, I've done it for a while. So now I'm good. And then it just snowballs in a good way. Yeah. There's sometimes debates about like, does this like dream job or this ultimate career exist? And I'm I'm the person who believes that it does. And one of the books that I read is called uh, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And he talks about this idea of your zone of genius. 
So below your zone of genius is your zone of excellence, right? So your zone of excellence, you do it really well, but it doesn't really bring you any fulfillment. Your zone of genius, you do it really well. It brings you fulfillment so much that if you could do it for free, meaning like you didn't have to worry about other things, you would just do it, right? Mm -hmm. So to give an example for me, I discovered that coaching is in my zone of genius. Like I am a very empathetic person. I communicate well. I can really leverage and maximize one-on-one conversations with people. And I get such a sense of fulfillment from being able to help people specifically with their careers and help them navigate an aspect of their lives that can be overwhelming, right? And I would, I did it for free before I even became, started getting paid. I just started helping people for free. So in terms of making that connection back to your expertise, it can also be something that that's in your zone of genius that you're, you're a genius at. All right. And you mentioned uh, a mediocre resume. Mm -hmm. Can you dig in a little bit and tell us (laughs) what makes the difference between mediocre and exceptional or or what are the, the key mistakes that show up again and again that we should yeah. put the kibosh on. So I'm not going to reinvent the well because there's so there is definitely very good advice about resumes that I think people should listen to. But the first thing is just language. How are you speaking about yourself? I'm very much someone who believes in being bold and almost audacious in some aspects in terms of how you talk about yourself. So I'm qualified to do this. Like we're talking about their profile, right? I'm qualified to do this. Uh, I have a proven record of doing this. I, um, I'm an expert at this, right? You'd be surprised how many people feel uncomfortable using that language. Then when you start getting into your actual work experience, task list. If you're writing a task list, that's not demonstrating what you, the impact that you made. The language that you use has to demonstrate impact. So for an example, as a career coach, if I'm writing a task list, I could say meet with clients one-on-one for 30 minutes or provide feedback upon requests or uh, schedule appointments on a weekly basis. You see how it just falls flat? Right. Mm -hmm. So if I want to be impactful, though, I'll use language like responsible for supporting the career development and growth of web developers and data analysts by providing one on one coaching, interview prep, as well as feedback that is attainable or something like that. It's always rough when I try to get it off the head. Mm -hmm. But my point is to say, (laughs) I told you what I did and how I did it. If there's a basic thing that you want to demonstrate in your resume bullets, what did you do and what was the impact that you made, right? How did you make that impact that you said you did? So if you were like number five out of 10 in sales for your division, what were a couple of things that you did that helped you get to that point? And that language also tells a story. So it's not just, I did A, B, C, and D. It's like A, B, C, and D helped this company do this, right? Mm -hmm. Because companies that are looking to hire you, they want to know, how are you going to make a change? How are you going to solve a problem that they have? And they can't do that if you just tell them what your to-do list was. Absolutely. And I heard some great advice associated with put put the achievement or impact results number 
mm-hmm. at the first part of your bullet. Yes. And then the by coaching, developing, mentoring. Yeah. You know, like like the and how you did it at the second part because it, it's <laughs> and it's so funny because my own resume, I said, oh, okay, I guess I can give that a try. I mean, what does it really matter? I'm just changing the order a little bit of the, and it really did is because as a reader of that resume, it's very easy to be like, okay, you did a bunch of stuff, right? Versus, mm-hmm. oh, you achieved that? Like, I'm intrigued. How'd you pull that yes. off? Oh, well, let me tell you. It's, it's sort of like the sequence follows my attention. Like, ooh. That's right. How, that's awesome. How'd you do that? And now I know. Versus, okay, you did a bunch of things. And it's like, oh, and by the way, that resulted in $3 million of savings. It's like, I might miss it because it's yes. the end of the bullet. And and what are the, do you have the stats on like how long a human looks at a resume? Yeah. It, if you're If you're lucky, you'll get them for 60 seconds, but it's really like- Oh, wow lesson they skim and so you mentioned creating interest right so a good resume from the beginning creates curiosity which entices the reader to keep going and going and going so i'm a big fan of profile sometimes i wore it as a summary but i like i like to use the language profile right so that's your a small paragraph, two to three sentences, introducing yourself to the the reader, right? And then you go in and you're like, here are my skills are very industry specific. Don't go really strong with these soft skills where I, I tell people a soft skill is like, if you told me what it was, I couldn't tell you what job you did. So like, I'm a good communicator. I have a strong attention to detail. Okay, but what job are you doing? It's not to say the soft skills aren't important. It's just that the reader is looking for, can, are you checking off the list in terms of the industry relevant skills that I need you to do? Right. So just through those two, you're already telling the reader, you know, here's my synopsis of what you're going to see as you read my experience from the profile. Here are the skills that I can do, which you're also going to read when you read my experience. So when they go to the experience, now you're just reinforcing what you've already told them. And that's what captivates their interest, right? Mm-hmm. It's a story, right? Yeah. The profile's handy in terms of orienting. It's like, okay, how do you see yourself? It's generally mm-hmm. how might you fit in here? What are the the high points? I think the for me, when I hear someone say they're a good communicator, I need it's like I guess I'm just a skeptic. No, I feel you. I was just like, prove it. Yes. Prove it. It is just like like I received the highest evaluations out of 20 speakers at this conference. It's like, yeah, okay. That, I mean, that's sort of unfudgeable in terms of, okay, that you got to be like a straight up uh, con artist who's lying to me or that, that really happened. And, and your, your good communication will want to have some context like, Oh, okay. So like, two groups as opposed yes. to, which is a very different than one-on-one. And so maybe you've got something else there in terms of your, your coaching clients have scored X percent increase in, I don't know, salary or right interview rate or placement percent, I don't know, whatever. Or the, hired the most relevant metrics. days or something like go. that working with me. Right. Exactly. That's exactly. cool. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then cover letters. Do they matter? Oh, <laughs> I hate them. All right. I hate cover letters. I do not feel any shame about saying. And I will say as someone who follows a lot of people in the career coaching industry, I'm not alone. But I think that the cover letter is important because so your resume demonstrates 
your resume demonstrates your qualifications and your accomplishments, your cover letter tells the reader why they should hire you. And I think the thing that people miss out a lot on is you get the opportunity to make a personal connection between you and the company, and especially in that first paragraph. They People kind of skim through it. I'm really interested in working in this role. I'm qualified to do, do this, this, and this. And they ignore the company. They don't mention yeah. anything that they admire about the company or any research that they've done, right? If you show if you're interested, let them. It's okay to tell them like I researched you all, and I, this is what I found, and I love it, and this mm. is how I feel like I connect with the thing that I love about your company. And your cover letter really genuinely allows you to do that. And then when you get into your more industry specific or your or your relevant skills, right? Then you can talk more about your accomplishments and so on and so forth. But don't give up. Don't. Uh, miss out on the opportunity to make that personal connection uh, with you and the company. All right. And then when it comes to interviews, any top do's and don'ts there? My biggest thing is you have leverage in the interview. A lot of times people think that, I think I said that you're you're at the beckoning call of the interviewer. And obviously you want to make a good impression, but it's not about being someone that you're not. It's being the best expression of who you, of your best self, right? The best expression of yourself. So the best way to help you with that is to practice, honestly. Um, You can hire a coach or you can grab a friend, say, hey, I'm going to ask me these questions. I want you to look for this, this, and this. I want you to look for the quality of my answer, the timing of my answer. Do I give a good example? And do I sound confident? Look for those four things, right? And then you practice with that person. Or I did this before multiple times. I recorded myself on my computer and I went back and listened to my answers. Okay, I need to trim that down a little bit. Oh, I don't, that's not as necessary. I don't need to mention that as much, you know? Mm -hmm. Also, do your homework. Research the company. Research the people you were interviewing. When I would coach my students at my uh, previous job, I can't tell you the amount of time people would come to to a mock interview and not research the company at all. And I'm like, you are trying to convince these people (laughs) to hire you. And you don't even know anything about like go to LinkedIn and if and see if the person that is interviewing um, has a LinkedIn profile and look up some things about it and bring it up in the interview. It shows that you care. It shows that you're willing to put the effort forward. So to recap, practice, 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 do your research, practice the the timing of your answers, the quality, make sure you have good examples uh, of your work. Uh, of your work experience, make sure you research the job description again so that your examples are aligning with what they're looking for. And also research and look up the people who you're going to be having these conversations with. Mm -hmm. And what do you think about the STAR framework? Or is there an approach you recommend to interview stories? Yes, the STAR method is very, very helpful. The other one that I like is is CAR, which is context action result. Mm Mm-hmm. I find that the extra letter can be a little bit, (laughs) the S and the T can get a little bit intertwined. But yes, when I was coming up through Target, we would use a model of what you did, how you did it, and the impact that it made. Mm -hmm. Or who was involved, what you did, 
and what was the impact that was made. So you have to have, this is something that I love sharing. You have to have a point system. The STAR method is a point system. There's four points. Situation is point one. Task is point two. Action is point three. Result is point four. Let's say that you're asked like an open-ended question that's not really behavioral and in structure, right? Or competency-based. How do you answer those? Like, why do you want to work here, right? So you can still follow the point method, the point system. I'm going to give three reasons why I want to work here. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to give two reasons why I want to work here. Two to three is usually my my sweet spot. Why does that help? Because it allows your answer to be more memorable from their from their um, interviewer's perspective. It also keeps you from rambling, mm-hmm. and it also keeps you from under 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 um, answering. Right? That's a that's a great technique that I like to recommend to individuals who who may be ADHD because they sometimes struggle with the organization of their thoughts or they lose their place. So I say, when they ask you a question, obviously give yourself a few seconds to think about it. It's okay to think about it. And then while you're thinking about it, figure out your number, what's your number going to be? Okay, my number is going to be three and I'm going to give three reasons why I want to work here. And then you start answering. Oh, and talk about ADHD and, and whether it's clinically diagnosed or just that, you know, we're all distracted. Mm-hmm. Is the interviewer themselves also a human being whose That's attention right. is subject to wander. Mm-hmm. And it's just magical. I've noticed this in my keynotes. It's like when you say there are three key things, it's just sort of like the pens click. Oh, one, two, three. It's like they're just primed. Yes. And so why not galvanize attention that way? <laughs> That's right. And when you say your three points and then you summarize really quickly, again, it makes it more easier for them to remember because you've organized it in a way where they have they don't have to go through and search for what you said. Very true. All right. Well, tell me anything else you want to make sure to mention before we hear about some of your favorite things? Yeah, I was thinking about like, what are some things that I have found to be really helpful in a successful job search? And uh, I identified like five things that I wanted to share. The first one was that you have to have a plan that is manageable, but flexible. You can use a smart goal setup if you want to for your for your plan. But the reason why the plan is important is because it allows you to track and measure your progress, right? So that's number one. Another one though, is that in your measurements of success, there has to be an existence of grace. Because I find that people are very hard on themselves or they set these expectations that can be somewhat unrealistic. So is your measurement of success graceful, right? Then you have to also be willing to be uncomfortable because we live in a time that we get things instantly a lot or we have the perception that we're getting it instantly because <laughs> time is still time. I think that we feel like when we start applying, we should instantly start hearing something. There's not going to be any waiting time. And that's just a lie. It's going to be very uncomfortable. And you're going to sometimes question your decision-making process. But if that's coming up for you, that discomfort, that's a normal thing, so embrace it. I mentioned before about connecting with the best parts of yourself, it's, you have to trust that person. I think sometimes we default to the worst parts of ourselves and that's what causes us to question our decisions a lot more. But you did something to get you to where you are right now, 
right? You weren't just, you didn't just show up. So what were those things that you do? What were the best parts of you that helped you to get to where you are right now? And lean into those, channel those. And then the very last one is you got to allow other people to help you. And this really comes up, especially in that networking piece, because I think that people feel like, well, oh, I don't have a big network. If you even just found four names, three names, and you write an email and you say, hey, I'm making a career change. I'm getting into this industry. I'm just looking for some potential opportunities. I've attached my resume. I'd love for you to look at it. If you know anyone who may be interested in hiring me, please send them my way. Done. And it's okay. Why? Because if you were challenged with the opportunity to help someone, most likely you're going to do it. You're not going to say no. So don't be afraid to ask for help. And I think what's fun about that one is because... When it comes to helping, that's one of the easiest things you can do. Yes. It's like, oh, okay. I could send an email that might take three minutes. Like, hey, you people know each other now. And it could very well result in they get a job there. That's right. And then both people are grateful. You, you can score brownie points in, <laughs> with both people, the hirer and the hiree. And it took you only a few minutes. That's right. And it, it's almost like you get a sliver of the credit. So just in terms of like impact per minute, I think it's just huge and a fun to help that way. Yeah. Best time investment you can, investment of time you can put in for yourself. And I mentioned just recently coming out of a job search. And one of the things that I did differently is I was like, I'm going to use my network this time because in the past I didn't do that. (laughs) That's how I got a job. Literally Mm -hmm. a friend had a friend that worked at the company that I'm going to. And I set up a coffee chat because I was like, okay, well, I want this person to actually know that I'm qualified to do it. And I want to, so we did an informational interview is another way you can call it. And when we, when I spoke to her, there wasn't a job available, but the conversation that we had was so impactful for her that when a job became available that I applied to, she went from just a reference to an advocate emailing the hiring Mm -hmm. manager, having a chat with the recruiter, right? And so for me, I was like, wow, this is so much rewarding. And it felt weird asking for help, but I'm glad that I did it because my job search went so much more smoother and quicker than I had anticipated. So Mm -hmm. that's good. Yeah. All right. Well, now can you share a favorite quote so that you find inspiring? Yeah, I'm not a Christian, but I I love this quote from the Bible. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I love that because it talks about being able to be yourself and evolve through educating and learning, right? And transforming yourself, not necessarily just falling into place and doing what everybody else is doing. All right. And a favorite book? The Four Agreements. I love that book. I love that book. And a favorite tool, something you use to be awesome at your job? I have two. These are big because I give them my money to use them. One is Grammarly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love Grammarly. And then the other one is Calendly. Calendly. Yeah. And what's so cool about Calendly is just the story behind it. Because I remember using it before the CEO started really getting a lot of funding and just to see like it evolve. It's, I love Calendly. Oh, me too. <laughs> you scheduled this meeting with Calendly. I surely <laughs> did. <laughs> Is there a key nugget you share that seems to connect and resonate with folks? They quote it back to you often. Be kind to yourself and show yourself grace. People tell me that when I tell them that it helps them a lot. All right. And if folks want to learn more, get in touch. Where would you point them? Yeah. So once again, thank you so much for having me here. This is a great conversation. I I love talking about this stuff so much that I turned a career into it. So I appreciate it. 
My website is zainabkihara.com. So that is Z, E as an elephant, I, N as a Nancy, A as an apple, B as in boy, kihara, K-A-H-E-R-A.com. Email is zainab at zainabkihara.com. And you can hit me up at LinkedIn. LinkedIn is like, that is my boo. I love me some LinkedIn. I'm on there all the time. So definitely reach out to me there. Let's make a connection. If you ever want to practice an informational or interview or a coffee chat, holler at me. And yeah, that's it. All right. Well, Zainab, this has been a treat. I wish you much luck and fun in your career adventures. Thank you so much, P. I appreciate you having me today. Love Zainab's take on resumes being looked at for such a short period of time. And when you have a real metric, a real number, boom, it just grabs the eyeball because numbers stand out a little bit differently than text and they convey a whole lot of results in a whole little bit of eye space when reading that thing. Dig it in. That and much more good stuff from Zainab. Again, the show notes, the transcript, and the links to items that we've mentioned are at awesomeatyourjob.com slash EP804. Hope to catch you next time and peace. Thanks for listening. To get the most out of the show, we recommend two key things. First, check out the extra resources at awesomeatyourjob.com. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as the perfect episode for your situation. You can search the full text transcripts of hundreds of episodes or explore episodes tagged by topic and competency covered. Second, subscribe to the podcast and get future episodes automatically. You can subscribe by telling Siri and several other smartphones and speakers, subscribe to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast or by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. If you'd like some extra help figuring out podcasts and how subscriptions work, visit awesomeatyourjob.com slash subscribe for guidance. Hope to catch you on the next episode of How to Be Awesome at Your Job. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.